pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. My name is Will, and I pastor a church in uh, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And um, I love this church. This is, I don't know, the fourth, third, fourth, fifth time I've been here now. And normally, Pastor Edwin and I switch churches. And so he'll preach for me down in Bay Ridge, and I'll come here. And so it's good to have Ed on the front row, though I'm a little nervous because he's kind of a hero of mine. And when you preach in front of your heroes, it's, you, you got to be a little nervous. But um, I'm grateful for Pastor Edwin. I'm also grateful for Pastor Zach here, um, two of the first friends I made when I moved to Brooklyn six years ago. Uh, I've had some difficult days since I moved to Brooklyn. My family's been through quite a lot. My church has been through quite a lot. Uh, and these are two men that have stood by me through some really painful seasons, and I'm grateful for them. And uh, I'm standing here because God has made a way through them in my life. And so um, honor, honor your pastors and Gus and Pedro and Chris and the whole leadership team here. You guys have a good thing here. Um, one of the things I love about Edwin is he doesn't seem to age. You know, he's older than he looks. You know, he looks like he's my age. Looks like we could be brothers, you know. Um, you know, Ed has aged pretty well. I wish I could age like that. You know, I'm 36 years old. I'm relatively young. Um, but recently I've started to notice uh, I've, I've had more and more reminders that I'm not, you know, 20 anymore. <laughs> um, I'm getting older, and I'm realizing that I'm not going to live forever. And that's a weird realization, you know. Uh, you don't think about, uh, you, you, don't, you don't think you're, when you're 20, you think you're going to live forever. You think you're invincible. But as I've gotten a little bit older, I've started losing my hair. Um, I, I start to notice white hairs in my beard, you know, and I start noticing wrinkles. And when I wake up in the morning, uh, the first few steps don't feel very good, if you know what I mean. You know, you got to warm up, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, it used to be you have to warm up before you work out at the gym, get your muscles loose. Now I have to warm up just to go fix coffee. Like I'm stiff when I wake up. It's hard. We are not eternal. Anybody feel that? We are finite creatures, and that's a bummer sometimes. And in the last year and a half, I think we've seen people around us dying. We've seen people around us getting sick. This pandemic has reminded us that we're not eternal. And that is a really painful realization because we like to think that everything's just going to be great forever and onward and life is nothing but a series of victories. But there are defeats and there's death and we are not eternal and that's a hard realization. But Ecclesiastes 3.11 has this, it says that God has made everything beautiful in his time and he has put eternity into our hearts. Yet so that he, we cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end, I want to talk about God today. Specifically, I want to talk about how even though we are finite creatures, God is eternal. He always has been. God always has been. And he always will be. And I want to show you this morning how this ought to give us great hope. God has set eternity into our hearts, but we, we know that we're not eternal. And that creates angst within us. And we go, okay, okay, God has given me this desire for eternity, but I'm getting older, and I realize I'm not going to live forever. What do I do with this desire and this reality? The answer to that difference is knowing that we have an eternal God. The very first words of the Bible in Genesis 1 reveal to us that in the beginning was God. 
Before anything was created, God was. In the final book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, the Lord declares, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the first and the last. I've always been. I always will be. I am the one who is and who was and who is to come. I am the Almighty. This is what the Lord says. God is eternal. He is the everlasting God. He was not created like you and me. He always has been and He always will be. And I believe that that is one of the most comforting truths in all of the world. So our text today is Psalm 90. One of the oldest psalms in the Bible. It was written by Moses in his old age. Most of them written by David. Moses, that goes way back. This is one of the oldest, oldest truths presented to us in the scripture. Psalm 90 verse 1, it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades away and withers. Those first six verses essentially say that before anything else was, God was. And what feels like forever to us, our 70 years of life, is but nothing of it. It's, it's not even a day to him. Verse 10 says, the years of our life are 70. Or by reason of strength, Moses says, hey, if you're real strong, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. Does anybody feel that? Our lives are soon gone and we fly away. Moses says, look, our lives are short. At best, we live 70, maybe 80 years. Some of those years are good, Moses says. Some of those years are really hard. Moses says, even our best years, though, have struggles and make us long for something more. And verse 12 gives us this bit of wisdom. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So what does it mean that God is eternal? Here's the definition we're going to be working with today. I don't have it on the screen, but you can remember this. God is eternal. That means that God has no beginning or end, and he exists outside of time. That's an important thing to understand. God has no beginning or end, and he exists outside of time. So let me unpack that for a moment. God has no beginning or end. He is before all things, and he exists outside of time. So here's what I mean by that. So the question we first have to ask is, what is time? So we're going to get philosophical here for a moment, okay? Uh, when Ed and I get together, we like to talk theology, philosophy, all those sort of things, and so we're going, to, we're going to talk philosophy today. What is time? We only understand the world around us and our lives through our understanding of time. So our lives, every one of us, our lives are lived in a sequence. You are born. You learn to walk. You go to school. You get a job. You make mistakes. <laughs> Perhaps you have a family. 
You grow old. This is your life. It's lived in sequential order. This first happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. If I were to ask you to tell the story of your life, you would tell it in a chronological story, in a sequence. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, and this happened. Your life is a sequence of days, weeks, months, years, and events. Time, here's where we get philosophical, okay? Time is what keeps all of those things from happening all at once. If there was no time, everything would just cave in on itself. The laws of physics state that, with, that time cannot exist without matter in space. God created matter in space, which means he also created time. God is the one who put the sun and the moon in their place. That means he created day and night, which means God created time. This means that while we live in God's creation, which means we experience time sequentially, God created creation, he is outside of creation, which means he created time, which means he's outside of time. So God spoke with his mouth, let there be light. And God said, let there be day and night. God spoke and he created time. This is time. God is outside of time. He is looking over time. That is what it means for God to be eternal. And this is important for two reasons. Because first, it means that God isn't changed by the times. He is unchanging, and he is consistent, and he is constant. We, however, we are affected by the times we live in, aren't we? This is why each generation has its own unique tastes in music and art, right? That's why every generation has different tastes in fashion. Culture and politics are different in every generation. Even language changes. When I was a kid, bad meant good, you know? And dope was something you stayed away from. Now it's like dope is a good thing. Oh, that's dope. Oh, wait, okay. You know, the time, language changes over time. We are all shaped and formed by the time that we live in. And we're all living in a pandemic right now. And that has had massive effects on our lives. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, each one of us has been changed in some way by our experiences in 2020 and 2021. But here's what you need to know today. God hasn't changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He isn't changed by the culture. As much as people want to change God to fit the culture, He isn't changed by the culture. God isn't changed by a pandemic. As much as we stress and we fear and we're anxious about it and we think, where is God? He has not moved. He has not changed. He is the same today as he always has been. God hasn't changed. He's been the same in every generation, and he's the same God today. And in the middle of a pandemic, he's the same God today in the middle of a pandemic that he was before COVID-19 ever even existed in this world. God isn't changed by the times. He's constant. The second thing that this means, and this is what I want us to focus on this morning, is that God sees all of history at once. Which means that God sees every moment of history and God sees every moment of your life with perfect clarity. He exists outside of time, therefore he can look on all of time and he sees everything all at once with perfect clarity. He knows and he sees the beginning from the end. He sees each moment of your life with perfect clarity. Here's why that's good news for us today. 
Because first thing I want you to see is that God sees our troubles and his victories at the exact same time. John 16, 33, listen to this. Jesus tells his disciples, he says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Okay, anybody remember English class in grammar school? Did you notice the changes in verb tense in what Jesus just said? He tells his disciples, in this world, you will have trouble. That's future tense. You're going to have trouble in the future. It's going to be hard. But he says, take heart, I have, past tense, overcome the world. Now your English teacher, you know, in elementary school would say, this sentence does not make grammatical sense. But Jesus, John chapter 1, says that he, uh, he is the word that was with God before all things. So when God created the whole world, Jesus was with God because he was God. This makes perfect sense because Jesus exists outside of time. In this world, you will have trouble, but don't worry about it. I have already overcome the world. In that one moment, Jesus spoke to them in the present about the dangers of the future But he didn't say, you're going to suffer, but hang in there because I'm going to take care of it one day. He speaks to them in the present about the dangers of the future and comforts them with the promises of the past. I've already taken care of them. And you're like, wait a second. If Jesus has overcome the world, why will we have trouble? Because we only see time and experience time from a human perspective. But God is outside of time. He sees our trouble and his victory at the same time. I'm sure you guys have a favorite movie. Everybody's got a favorite movie or favorite book or favorite story or whatever. I've recently been showing my kids all my favorite movies from the past. You know, I showed them Cool Runnings for the first time last time. You guys remember that Jamaican bobsled team? But when you've seen a movie a hundred times, your favorite movie, You know, think back to the first time you ever saw the movie. You're anxious. What's going to happen? Is the good guy going to win? Is the bad guy going to get away with it? Is the couple going to fall in love? Is that guy going to turn his life around? Will they fix the broken relationship? You're anxious as you watch a movie for the first time. My wife hates anxiety. Uh, She hates not knowing the end from the beginning. So when she reads books, she reads the last chapter before she reads the the front. And then when we're watching movies, she'll look up the movie plot online because she gets so scared during the movie. I'm like, that's no fun, but that's what she does. Maybe there's a character in the movie, really nasty in the beginning, but, you know, they're redeemed by the end of the story. The first time you watch the movie, you feel a certain anxiety, certain uncertainty, But now you've seen that movie a million times and you watch the movie with a different vantage point. You know, the the main character is in some sticky situation and you're not sweating it because you've seen the movie a hundred times. You're like, Jason Bourne is going to get out of this. That's what Jason Bourne does. I've seen this movie. I know how it ends. And you're already imagining the final victory scene even though you're watching the battle scene and things look bleak. 
You know how the story ends. You know how the awful character becomes lovable. You know how the seemingly hopeless situations become something incredible. When you stand outside of the story and above and outside of it, you see the whole story all at once, even as you're watching it happening in the moment. God stands outside of all of time, which means he sees all of our lives all at once. He sees the end from the beginning. He does not only see the current scene or the current chapter that you're living in. He sees the resolution. That's why he can say, you're going to have troubles, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Right now, as our eternal God looks on your life, he sees your grief and he sees your healing with equal clarity. You don't see the healing with the same clarity that you see your grief. But he does. He sees your trials and he sees your joy on the other side at the exact same time with equal clarity. He sees your momentary affliction and the eternal weight of glory at the same time. Look, we don't know the future. And that's scary for us. I hate that, that I don't know the future. That gives me so much anxiety. I don't know the future for my children. I don't know the future for my life. I don't know the future about a whole lot of things, and that is scary to me. I don't know how every situation in my life will turn out. I don't know how my church is going to recover from COVID-19. And all of that uncertainty is terrifying to me. But God is good and God is eternal and he knows how it all plays out. And his word says in 2 Corinthians 4 that for these light and momentary afflictions that we live through, they are preparing us, followers of Jesus, for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. You say, well, I cannot see or even fathom how what's going on in my life today could ever possibly become anything glorious or redeemable. That's because you're not eternal. But God is. And he sees your joy and he sees your glory. Even as you live with fear and anxiety and uncertainty and grief, no matter what may come, no matter what tomorrow holds, God has promised that he will be on the other side to sustain you, strengthen you, and restore you if you are his child. Because we just sang about it, he has never lost a battle. So put your faith and your trust in him. Have you guys ever heard that song, God, the battle belongs to you? Have you guys heard that? I would sing, but I've got some allergy things going on right now, and it would, it would be pretty pitchy, okay? But the song says, God, when all I see is the battle, you see the victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see the mountain moved. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. When all I see is a cross, God, you see the empty tomb. You see, God sees our trials and his victory at the exact same time. So that means when he looks on your life, you may be sweating and you may be stressed and you may be anxious. And you know what? That's okay because we are finite creatures and we don't know how tomorrow is going to be. But Jesus says, do not be anxious. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. What, is, what are all these things? The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Everlasting victory. Yeah. Second thing I want you to see, and this is more personal, 
God sees our sin and Jesus' sacrifice at the exact same time. Have you guys ever been in that situation where you did the thing you said you would never do again? <laughs> Man, how, how frustrating is that moment? You know the shame and the guilt of those moments? When you're sitting there and you're going, I said I was never going to do that again, and I did it. Or maybe that moment where you did something you never thought you were capable of. And you're going, how did that happen? How did I end up here? And in those moments you go, God couldn't have seen that coming. He can't possibly, how can he love me right now? Maybe he loved me when I was doing the right thing, but man, how can the love of God and the mercy of God still be on my life right now after I just did that thing, how I let him down. How can God keep loving me when I keep failing him? How could he not possibly give up on me in this moment? Here's how. Because God is eternal. And he sees that moment of history in your life, that lowest, lowest point of your life, when you saw yourself at the worst God sees that exact moment and he sees Christ on the cross with perfect clarity at the exact same time. Which means that when you're sitting in the back of the NYPD car or when you've done this thing you've said you'd never do again or you've done the thing you never thought you were even capable of, when your greed or your pride or your lust or your insecurity or your laziness causes you to sin, in that exact moment, God sees you both exposed as a sinner and deserving of death and wrath and judgment. But he also sees Jesus with his arms outstretched, nailed to the cross, dying for you, his blood covering and cleansing all of your sin. He hears your prayer, your cry of what have I done? And he hears the prayer of Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do at the exact same time. How could God ever love me, you think, in those moments? Because with equal clarity, this is how he can love you, because with equal clarity, God sees your sin and he sees Jesus on the cross at the exact same time. And in the mind of our eternal God, for those who have received his forgiveness, the sacrifice of Jesus always overwhelms your sin. When you are at your worst, God sees the perfection and the mercy and the grace of Jesus being given to you. Romans 5.8, another one of those grammatical things. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, think of that verb tense, Christ died for us. We, at the, during the service we said, what, is, what are you sorry about? What are you thankful for? You realize you can be sorry about your sin and thankful for God's redemption at the exact same time. We have an eternal God who has given us an eternal gift in his son Jesus. And what that means is you don't have to become sidetracked because of your failure. I think that's what happens to many people. They fail and they do the thing they never thought they would do and in their mind they think God can never use me now. 
And so they give up. And they're content to live eternally insignificant lives because they think that their one mistake has disqualified them from living out God's purposes for them. But can I encourage you today, if you're brokenhearted over your sin or your failure or your grief or your anxiety today, can you trust that right now God sees your victory even though you feel like a failure right now? God is looking at eternity while we're just looking at what is it? August 8th, 2021. And God is looking at the kingdom of God that can never be shaken right now. And if you are a child of Jesus, child of God, you are a part of that kingdom. And that kingdom cannot be shaken. So what that means, and I want to encourage you today, is live an eternally significant life. Don't let your sin or your shame weigh you down because Jesus has already taken it upon himself and God sees that right now as he looks on you. He has set eternity in our hearts. You're like, why has God given us that longing? Because God has given us the longing for eternity because he has sent his son Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son and whosoever will believe in him will have eternal Life. God has set eternity in your heart because he has prepared you for eternity through Jesus. The Apostle Paul says, set your mind on things above. Translation, set your mind on eternity. You know, there, you guys know who Brother, you guys ever heard of Brother June? He was a pastor in China and a famous persecuted church in China, led a house church movement. He's been arrested, beaten hundreds, countless times. And somebody asked him, they said, how were you able to endure all the struggles, the persecution, the beatings, the imprisonments? And he said that when I would get arrested, when the guards would come after me, when the torturers would come after me, he said, I would just pray, I am a heavenly man. I am a heavenly man. I am a heavenly man. I am an eternal man. I am an eternal man. I am an eternal man because I serve an eternal God. And today you're sitting there with the shame of your sin or the fear for your future. And you go, how can I overcome this? You can fix your eyes on the author and the perfecter of your faith. The beginner and the closer. And you can say, I am an eternal creature because I serve an eternal God who has given me an eternal future. Let me pray for you and then Pastor Ed's going to come back up. Father... You are eternal. And sometimes, God, we think about who you are and we talk about your goodness and we talk about your power, but God, we forget about your that you're eternal. And God, that's great news for us because it means you know the end from the beginning and nowhere in the Bible do we see you sweating about the future because you know the future, you know the beginning from the end, and you know that in this world we will have troubles. You know that personally because you put on flesh and became like us, and you experienced all the trials and the tribulation that this world offers. But you did it with the joy set before you because you knew the end from the beginning. God, we thank you that you sent your son to give us eternal life. And that eternity that is in our hearts that we long for, we know that we can attain it because Jesus has attained it for us and he's given it to us as a gift. God, we put our shame, our fear, our anxiety, our guilt at your feet today. 
trusting that you see our forgiveness, our glorification, our sanctification at the same time. And God, we thank you for your eternal gift. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Recovery House. It's an honor. Praise the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you for such a, a timely word. Lord, thank you for reminding us that you're eternal, that you're outside, and that you could see us in our sin as well as see the work that Christ has done on our behalf. Would you help us to walk in the truth of that? Help us to rest in that, knowing that you, O oh God, are gracious not only to begin the work that's begun in our hearts, but to complete it by the same power. Remind us of this. Draw us to yourself. Help us to walk in this. We thank you for this. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.